You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blissin But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Come on! Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Had a very shiny nose Boom. And if you ever saw him You would even say it close Come on! Come on! All of the other reindeer Used to laugh and call him names They never let poor Rudolph Join in any reindeer games Then one foggy Christmas Eve Why am I recording podcasts? Why do I even do this? What does life even mean anymore? Life has stopped has ceased meeting since about 2018 uh, and now we're just kind of figuring it out as we go along that 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 does make sense that actually brings up a really good point um everybody welcome to beetlecast i am of course pope and i am hanging out with my lovely i mean awesome co-host zachary ghost buddy ghost buddy we uh lovely awesome either one works yeah right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> same concept um guys we're um I I'd wanted this episode to be a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, we recorded another episode that I'll release as a bonus episode some other time that was like super. Um, <clears throat> it was like uh, I had had something happen in my you know life, and it kind of was bothering me. So I kind of was trying to work it out on the podcast. But when I went back and listened to it, I just didn't think it. I don't. I didn't think it really fit for kind of what we're trying to do here. We 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 want to be uplifting and you know that kind of stuff, and it just didn't seem to like come out that way. So, um, but uh, even with the intention of doing a more lighthearted episode, unfortunately, uh, DMX died. So um, another another time, um, you know, kind of pouring one out for a fallen homie, uh-huh. uh, our boy DMX is. Uh, it, it's really it's really interesting it's really interesting when it comes to people dying zach and i just i wonder what it's gonna look like after you or i die you know because like because like dmx man like he's a great rapper and he he always was a great rapper but he did not get a lot of love while he was alive i think dmx was like if we can speak bluntly about it i think dmx was always considered kind of second class on the same level as maybe somebody like ja rule um and which isn't which is insane because dmx is 20 times more talented than ja rule i mean but then again fucking somebody who can make themselves fart on command is better than ja rule and sounds better i think i think a bit of it kind of falls down more so to just like um like public perception wise not necessarily but as for like media and like how marketable a person is ja rule is significantly more marketable than dmx was but as for people who were hip-hop heads or people who are fans of hip-hop generally speaking i'm pretty sure most of them are going to like dmx over ja rule for talking specifically about north uh, about um east coast new york rappers like by a funnily enough by a country mile like well, I mean- there's there's not really a whole lot of competition. I mean, like, I was just like trying to like kind of like make a point. Like, I don't, I don't think for a second there's competition between uh, DMX and Ja Rule. Oh, yeah. And I actually think it's quite unfair that Ja Rule is alive and DMX is dead. Uh, it's just, it's not fair. It doesn't make any sense. And as I said on the Discord, it proves that there is no God. Um, however, the thing about the thing about DMX, I think, is that DMX was real. Like a lot of rappers claim to be real and they're like, yeah. man, I'm out there on the streets and like with the little homies and stuff like that. And they're like, claim to be real. DMX was. And the way you knew you, you knew he was real is because he was a very troubled person with a very troubled life. Mm-hmm. And we all in our own way are very troubled and have troubled lives. And so like when you see people like a lot of these kind of celebrity rappers who, you know, their life just seems like perfect perfect and like all that good stuff and they kind of try to like hide that aspect of their lives, the, the not so perfect, the not so beautiful part. Um, DMX put that shit out there on Front Street. And I think that a lot of it also comes from the era of rap that he came from because like that was during the transitional period from like your... 80s like your 80s rappers were in which um you had like kind of a happy more friendly rapper like your run dmc's and a lot like that 
through the 90s were in which you the early 90s were in which you had your primary like west coast and east coast like gangster rappers more so like you know tupac and big and people like that and he came right at the like closer to the middle size tail end of the 2000s really where he came into prominence um minus sunshine we're not going to talk about that song but like we're in which things got significantly grittier and darker like hell um mob deep uh dmx and rough riders as a whole like most of def jam's like it, just like they're the groups the artists that they managed to get onto their label during that time frame fit more so to the style of rap that dmx performed and was <laughs> not just performed yeah but was let's not let's not forget that like a couple years ago this is a guy who went to take oh god i can't remember what um his name is but the murderer of trayvon martin he wanted to take him into the ring and beat the absolute shit out of him break literally every rule that's in the book for boxing which and fuck him up i think we all supported Quote. uh by <laughs> so, the way um yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah dmx dmx was real man he was real as they came um and i my first like uh, no I it's it's a lot like uh, our conversation about Triple Six Mafia like I can't claim to be uh, which by the way that's what I'm calling them now I don't care if they later change it Three Six Mafia they are Triple mm-hmm. Six Mafia and I did go back and listen to some of that old stuff and I didn't like it as much as the newer stuff but I did think it was good so uh, it was definitely worth listening to so I appreciate the reference guys if you haven't listened to old school Three Six Mafia Triple Six Mafia uh, go check it out it's definitely worth listening to so what happens with DMX though. Is he has uh he has uh you know his single that you know kind of everybody knows which is uh party up, and then um, but I'm I was actually at a friend's house, uh, one of my mom's friends had a son and I was at his house, mm-hmm. and um he had a copy of uh it's dark and hell is hot, I yeah yep 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 yep, yep, yep. continue and Go uh <laughs> and so like uh I I do want to make sure I'm not confusing things because I. I, mm-hmm. I I like DMX and I know a few of his a few of his songs, but <clears throat> they played some DMX, and the thing I remember was I remember an album with him covered in blood. I don't know if it's Dark and Hell is Hot had the blood on it, but he was like I mean the cover was him like literally just coated in blood, and then <clears throat> the second thing was I remember one of the tracks was him praying. Uh, DMX was mm-hmm. a man of faith, um, as so many talented people are. And uh, I remember his prayer was so, um, it was just gritty, man. It was gritty because he did not like, you know, like a lot of people when they like do that. Because DMX was obviously doing it on record, but he, um, he was just, he was just interesting the way he did it. Like he's like something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing, but something along, and also remember this was (laughs) seriously 15 years ago. He's like, he's like, he's like, God, I knew I'm imperfect. But I try, like you know that kind of stuff, and I was—it was just so gritty and raw. And I got, man, I got to stand. I got to stand, DMX. And the thing that always makes me sad about when um, artists like that die, like artists that you respect a lot, uh, Doom was the same way. We talked about it on the Beatlecast. Is like nobody asks you a week before DMX goes to the hospital whether you're a DMX fan. Um, me and Braylon did talk about DMX about three months ago. Um, and Braylon can attest that I, you know, I'm pretty outward as a DMX fan, but I'm not like such a fan that like, like I can only name a handful of songs, you know? Um, so as a side note, the album that you're thinking of is flesh of my flesh, blood, of flesh my of blood. my flesh, blood of my for blood. Right. Blood, and then, but the he had, yeah. he had all of them. He had all of DMX's records. So that's why I got, that's why at that time. And so that's why I got confused. Cause I know later on it was like, you're the dog again and stuff like that. And, uh, so, but uh, I remember that album cover, and I remember how freaking great gritty he was. He was just, he was gritty. And um, but the problem with DMX is, you know, later on his life was very troubled. Um, he had a lot of kids with a lot of different women, and he uh, had tax problems, of course, that got him sent to prison, and um, all that stuff. And it's just like he lived a very troubled life. And I also, I also get the, I also get the vibe from, because uh, ever since he's died, um, a lot of news articles have kind of come out about him, um, and um, I get the sense that he kind of lived in the past a little bit, like he kind of f- yeah. fell off, and you know, um, lived in the past, which is, which is a shame, because I think, I think he had such a talent that if he would have kept his like, and it's not fair, but it's not fair, but life isn't fair. He was talented enough to where 
if he would have, because he had he had this thing. It was like oh, he's like so rough edge, but at the same time he was a man of faith. He loved his fa- he loved his children. He loved his family. You know what I mean? He's I think I think DMX, despite the fact that he was a criminal, and despite mm-hmm. the fact that there's a lot of stuff about him that is like a animal abuse. I believe was something he got convicted for. Like he was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he was at heart a good human. And um, that's really actually kind of rare in the so, rap game. Yeah, go ahead, Gus. Actually, um, there's a funny little anecdote that I, ran, I read about this a bit ago. Um, a person on um, Twitter was actually talking about how back um, back in the earlier 90s, they were a Girl Scout. And one of the people that they ran into um, when they were trying to sell Girl Scout cookies was DMX. Uh, they, he sold, they sold a couple of boxes, she sold a couple of boxes to him and she was saying that she was trying to win the, um, win their little contest that they had. He straight up bought $500 box, $500 worth of cookies <laughs> in order to win, in order to give her, in order to have her win that contest. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, <laughs> I I've heard that. that story contested. But uh, I actually I mean, will say I wouldn't be surprised uh, if it is like a little bit of conjecture there, like it's a possibility that it couldn't be a little bit of like falsehood there. But I mean, honestly, I could see it happening just as well, just because of some of the other things that dude's done. I mean, he wrapped Rudolph the Red Nose Ranger. Yes, he did. I was gonna say that, <laughs> dude. If you, like, you guys, if you have not seen DMX do Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. He's like Rudolph the. I, I can't do a DMX, but like Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. What? 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 <laughs> Dude, it's so good. Apparently, he was planning to make a Christmas album, like a whole DMX Christmas album. Which I, because yeah. the recording that is out there is um him on like a radio show or an interview or something. Right. But um, but the thing about it is, is even though I I heard that that was kind of like um. You know, not made up. There's a photograph of him with, Mm -hmm. like, a Girl Scout troop, like, hanging out. Although that could be Photoshop. I don't know. But what I will say is that um, I I think that it's true. And the reason is because DMX used to be cut. And uh, DMX, he got a little chonky before he went out. And uh, Mm -hmm. there's no judgment here. You know, your boy, it's a well-known fact. Your boy is not skinny. Um, But, you know, if he bought $500 worth of Girl Scout cookies, it probably (laughs) lasted him. From the like the early two thousands till today, you know, and he's just snacking on the Girl Scout cookies constantly. Suddenly, DMX is chonky, you know what I mean? But uh, but um, yeah, like I will just uh, say that intro it will honestly still go down as like one of my favorite songs of his whatsoever. Like it it mm, just if you haven't listened to that one in a while, you should definitely go back and listen to it. It's from his debut. Um, it's, it's Dark and Hell is Hot. But, uh, yeah, intro is easily one of the best. And then followed up by Rough Riders Anthem. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that Rough was the Riders second Anthem, song on that album. Classic. <laughs> that was the second song on that fucking album. And also Swizz Beats was the producer of it. And dude knows how to make a lot, a lot of like hit songs. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Yeah, so, guys, rest, rest in peace, DMX, man. Um... Yeah, even if there may be some contention as to him being a decent person or not, as we mentioned before, there's always that's always the case with any human being. No one's no one in, is infallible. So yes, he's done some bullshit, but there's also a place, and you don't have to be a poser or a bandwagoner in order to be able to be sad about somebody's death that didn't particularly harm children for example yeah you michael jackson fans forth or put forth any type of laws in order to say that human trafficking and pornography and child porn is okay (laughs) for example so i think that if we're going on the sliding scale of villainy here it's not too high on that x x isn't (laughs) gonna be that high but actually what i was gonna say earlier about him Mm-hmm. Was that I think if he would have gotten uh, some of his you know problems under control, like with addiction and stuff, obviously uh, drugs were one of the things that led to him uh, passing away. Um, I think if he would have gotten him under control, he could have come back, man. I mean, DMX is a huge name in the game. Like he could have, he could have found like you know a great producer, you know, like somebody who's modern and producing modern stuff. And I think he could have like really came back and crushed the game. And had the comeback that it seemed like towards the end of his life he really would have liked to have had. Um, and in my mind and in my heart, I think DMX is kind of a tragic kind of figure. I think he's tragic. I think I think it's like what happens when uh, when talent. And I, I tell you, like somebody might listen to this and they might be like, look, man, 
because I've seen it on the internet. Like people are like, look, man, he just went, oh, oh, you know, and and it's just like, listen to me, man. If I got to bring it to you, cowards, then it's gonna be quick. I like, dude, like his shit was just like his delivery, you know what I mean? Was just so original and different. And the thing is, too, is a lot of the speculation on DMX's career is that the reason he got so popular was because he popped off two years after Tupac died. And so there was speculation that basically Tupac, there was a void that had to be filled after Tupac. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if I'm trying to think of a like a mainstream rapper that comes anywhere close to Tupac as far as delivery, as far as content, as far as actual overall, just like um, them as a human, I mean, DMX is up mm-hmm. there, you know? Also, I was as, uh, just like, I know I keep cutting in, but... You know, I find it really funny that of all people you decided to mention was Ja Rule, because you know he had a feud with him back in the 90s, right? Ja Rule's feuded with everybody and lost every single one. Yeah. Ja Rule, ja Rule <laughs> couldn't the... even have a successful feud with a summer festival, okay? <laughs> Fuck Ja Rule. Fire. <laughs> Fire. I, can't, I mean, guys, seriously, that's why I love when 50 Cent clowned on him so hard, you know, what would I be without you? You know? Fuck Ja Rule. Anyway... Um, by the way, uh, 50 Cent, uh, I had a playlist going on cause I have like a few different playlists and I, I like how YouTube music, um, well actually mm-hmm. before I move into that, rest in peace DMX man, rest in power. Um, and anybody who out here who doesn't like DMX and you've heard one song party up, you know what I mean? Like go listen to his shit. Okay. Go like actually, actually just spend an evening just vibing on some DMX shit cause he was sick. Now, um, so, uh, rest in peace to him, man. So, but beyond that, uh, I have a, so YouTube music, what it does, I don't know if other services do this because I use YouTube music, but it like Mm -hmm. divides out my like preferences, um, into Mm -hmm. like, um, it's like, oh, this is your metal playlist and oh, this is your eighties love songs playlist. And this is your rap playlist. I was listening to the rap one and I got reminded of one of my very favorite 50 cent songs. And guys, I love 50 cent back in the day. I was, I was super into 50 cent and I still am. But, um, fucking, uh, dude, ghost, I might've even mentioned it. I'm not sure. But, um, bitch, get in my car. Uh. (laughs) You guys heard that one? Dude, it's so fucking funny, man. I love the one thing I love about 50 Cent is his ad libs. Like, uh, Uh I always think about the, the one from, uh, Wankster when he's like, you know, uh, he's like, uh, been hit with a few shells, but I don't walk with a limp. And in the background, he's like, I might. But, uh, yeah, he's a, like, bitch, get in my car. He's like, bitch, get in my car. And in the background, he's just like, bitch, get in. <laughs> yeah, I will say, like, the background shit inside of 50s songs, or it, it is just like, he, dude, is like a serious, a serious rapper, but it's just like the level of comedy that he just injects into certain things like that. Like, uh, Okay, I wasn't really expecting that back when I was listening to it or whatever. Bitch, get in! <laughs> I, I get the I get the vibe. You're not that big a Fifty fan, man. What's up? I am. Um, I like I like Fifty Cent. I like um, I like some of the other members of G Unit a little bit more. I like even though his career didn't really go nowhere, I like Lloyd Banks a little bit more than Fifty. But um, also one of my favorite Fifty Cent songs is Piggy Bank. So it it, it is what it is there. Um. <laughs> But, Dude, Lloyd Banks was sick, man. I don't even understand yeah. like how he like how he fell off that hard. Well, didn't he? Didn't wait. Didn't Lloyd Banks like beef with Fitty? Like, didn't they like have a thing? Like, or am I getting him confused I, with honestly, the game? I might be getting confused with the game. Game, game definitely did. Um, after a period of time, but then they kind of just like buried the hatchet. I'm pretty sure. Like, uh, it was, took a while, but. Pretty sure they buried the hatchet a little bit because they were having some issues studio wise. Um, I'm not a hundred percent. I don't a hundred percent remember it, but also, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but Lloyd <laughs> yeah. Banks was great too. I remember him. Um, I remember Lloyd Banks and stuff. I like it's. I don't know. That's something that actually I think is a shame. Uh, in a lot of cases, is you have like these rap groups. Um, you know, one thinks of, of course, you think of something because like take a uh, Run DMC. Or the Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. These are classic rap groups. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say that while um, while there was kind of like the leader, even like something like Destiny's Child, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's always the leader. That's kind of how it goes. And a lot of them, especially once again, sticking to the case of the Beastie Boys or Run DMC, 
um they, they all have their own fame in their own way and their own popular their own like popularity like i mean i can name all the members of the bc boys you know what i mean like, like i think i can let me okay let me try uh mike d uh mm-hmm. mca mm-hmm. uh fuck who's that other one uh anyway anyway so but they ad rock ad rock yeah thank you okay so they're they're all great right but so like later on rap groups started coming out and it was just like hedged around one person, right? So you had D12, which um, was of course rooted around Eminem. However, that had its roots before Eminem got famous. Um, but then, uh, but then Eminem. But then, I mean, I arguable though in the case of D12 because Proof, of course, uh, and then Bizarre, of course. But not really a huge Bizarre fan. You know, not really it's a huge Bizarre fan. It's it's one of those things like I, Bizarre's not really a great rapper. He never really was, but I I did appreciate the fact that like he was like the type of guy like he said some shit and you rewinded it back because you're like did he just seriously say I'm fucking anything with when I'm snorting it's gonna cost three hundred dollars to get my pit bull an abortion like did he literally just say you know why my hands are so numb because my grandma sucked my dick and I didn't come like those aren't those are these aren't these aren't amazing rap lines these aren't poetry on the level of somebody like Biggie or Tupac. But they definitely make you like uh, think twice about blasting D12 in your car while driving down the street. Um, yeah, I mean, it like it's just with um with bizarre every once in a while. It just feels a little tryhardy. I can see um, that. I can see that. And like with so, with somebody, and it's weird because like it's him himself that tries to try, that seems to like he's trying to push towards like horrorcore. <laughs> Bizarre. Well, when it comes, Bizarre definitely has. I mean, he's even worked with horrorcore rappers. Um, yeah. But I mean, and Eminem's horrorcore too. I mean, like, yeah. People don't say early but, anyway. I, even like I was something like three a.m. off of relapse yeah. is is yeah, straight up sure, horrorcore. It's but um, guys, if you're not familiar with Bizarre, there's one line that you need to know by him. Okay. It was from uh, it was from my band. All right, it's a lose yourself video. I was in the back. Superman video. I was in the back. And so in the music video, they actually went and put Bizarre into the back of those music videos, and even had to make fun of Fifty Cent where he came down. Fucking, he's all fat and shit because you know Fifty Cent was shredded, and he came down and all that stuff. You know, um, but uh, so Bizarre and Proof, right? But then like uh, you had Slaughterhouse. Okay, so Slaughterhouse is the one that Eminem put together. And uh, Royce to five nine was kind of what it hinged around. But uh, Ghost, you might be able to name more than one member of Slaughterhouse. I can't. Can you name anybody else? From, was Yellow Wolf? In, no, Yellow Wolf wasn't in Slaughterhouse. I think he worked with him. But anybody? Um, uh, I, um, I think like okay. So, but the records were good. That's the thing. Is Slaughterhouse Welcome to Our House was a great CD. But you just like you can't like he's it's just like a bunch of rappers and then Royce. You know what I mean? I think the only one I remember. At one, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, Um, Button. Joe Button was in it. And that was like the one person I remember because it's like I really like Joe Button when he was, um, you know, like uh, when he was really out there and like earlier on in his career. But homie just has like so many anger issues. Didn't didn't Joe Button <laughs> like, and Eminem like have problems later? Joe Budden has problems with everybody. I mean, I specifically didn't he like, didn't he get like called out on Kamikaze? I mean, everybody got called I out. Think I, so. I'm pretty sure I got called out on Kamikaze. Probably, <laughs> but, but like, home, homie has been a very, very, very angry person. For a number of different good reasons, mind you. But dude's been a very angry person for a very long time. I think I feel like Joe Budden, and I could be wrong about this. So correct us in the comments if we're wrong, right? Um, I feel like Joe Budden might have been the person that said that Eminem was, uh, basically an intruder in the house of hip hop, like, because he's white. And so Eminem responded back by saying, like, I'll walk into your house, put my feet up, like, drink the drinks out of your fridge. I belong here, clown. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so I, I can kind of see I, it could have been Joe Budden. It might've been somebody else. Cause like I said, on that record, he dissed fucking everybody, uh, get Earl the hooded sweater or whatever. Um, so, but that's that's cool. So, but uh, yeah, if, I don't know. I'll, listen, if you guys need to take one thing from this conversation, here it is. I'm going to summarize this entire conversation right now. 
fuck Ja Rule, okay? That's all I'm saying, all right? We can galvanize our entire <laughs> thesis statement of this of that part of the episode as to fuck Ja Rule. In fact, fucking, if you want the entire point of Beetlecast in the first place, it's fuck Ja Rule, okay? Because I have been subjected more times than I can possibly remember to that song he did with fucking J-Lo. Alright? What's my motherfucking name? <laughs> Ugh. Kill me. R-U-L-E. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Of course, that's the one... That's, I guess that's, the, a- that's the one J-Lo got, in, J- J-Lo got in trouble for that one because she said the N-word. And she ain't got she she ain't got cred like that, man. She she she's she's no uh, she's no Fat Joe. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Who is though, Fat dude? What's Fat Joe been up to? He's fucking awesome. Oh, he's he's still making music and stuff. Like he uh, he hasn't had anything chart really since um, all the way up back in twenty eighteen. I want to say, and the variations of remixes that happened with that, like the West Coast remix and the East Coast remix and everything else. But um. Like he's been doing stuff on his on his own side, just the same as Paul Wall has still been doing things. Yeah, let's not talk about Paul Wall. <laughs> let's not yeah, talk Paul Wall. Let's not talk he's, about him. He he's gotten he he got a bit better after that. But when you when chopped and screwed is like your then when like the chopped and screwed era and the Midwest like Texas rapper era was going on during that time frame. Thanks, Mike Jones. Like, Mike Jones. <laughs> that's just one of those ones where in which. But chopped it. It is. But chopped and screwed just, was popular for like seriously a four day weekend. Like that's how long that shit lasted. Okay. Okay, so the the main genre of chopped and screwed maybe, but chopped and screwed is still like heavily elemental and wrapped. Not not hating. Day. I like it. I like chopped and screwed. I know. Music. I know. I know. But I'm just saying, like, it's just like the it had like little touches and little involvements here and there. Like when it came to like. It hit everywhere, and what's hilarious? <laughs> there are far more. <laughs> there are far more fucking um, Asian rap groups Bitch, that are using chopped and screwed like fucking styles inside of their rap. Like it was so weird, just like listening to just like some of the shit some of my friends in college were listening to. It's like, wait a minute, I've heard this beat pattern before. I've heard this style. Let's just- <laughs> I think I think here's the thing that I think happens a lot with music too that's very interesting is that I think some things are used like basically to define an entire genre but what they work better as is actually parts of something else so chopped and screwed would be one of them I think dubstep even though I I, I really like dubstep dubstep gets a lot of hate these days um but I appreciate it me and Tatiana listen to dubstep all the time um you know what I mean? Like, I, dude, seriously, I was I was playing Elder Scrolls Online earlier and walked by a centipede in the game, and I was like, "This centipede is a predator." Dun, 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 dun. Dude, because fucking centipede is a song by Knife Party, and it's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, right. so, but dubstep works really well in the context of a larger song that then has a drop. You know what I mean? Like it's and the drop is awesome, and you got the. And then it goes back to kind of a normal structure. Dubstep by itself doesn't stand alone as well. Uh, I think Chopped and Screwed is the same way. I think that like having elements of Chopped and Screwed is definitely great. It's a great kind of genre, like a subgenre. But um, it's just it's some of that stuff works better because the the gimmick kind of wears itself thin after a little while. You know what I mean? Um, but that's just my opinion. And uh, by the way, the reason I was saying that stuff like my Jones, you know, and all that stuff, is because I decided I'm gonna ad lib. Um, <laughs> that's what's going on here. I'm fucking ad libbing. Oh Under so you talking, I'm ad libbing. How much fucking, how much fucking processing are we going to have in the background of this episode where you're just like randomly hyping yourself up in the background? <laughs> Pope Dev. <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Ghost Buddy. <laughs> 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 i don't know man the um but I, I mean i don't know man it's just it's it's crazy but anyway all we're trying to say is fuck ja rule right and listen yes. i would say like if ja rule ever hears this or if anybody knows ja rule 
um, to 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 tell him and let him know that we said it. Like like fuck you, Ja Rule. Love Beetlecast. The problem is Ja Rule doesn't own a phone, and nobody knows what bridge he lives under on any given week. All right, so it's really hard to fucking find him. All right, he's a troll. All right, he lives under the bridge and he has no phone, or he actually lives in fucking what's that dude? God, that YouTuber, the Reactor Channel, who's fucking awesome. He lives in his toilet. Who's that guy? Fucking, oh my god, what's that guy? No life, no life, uh, god damn it. I'm gonna link it in the comments, I'm gonna go find him. So there's this, okay. there's this reactor video, this dude, he's like, that's tough, that's tough. And he like fucking listens, he does reaction. Listen, watching reaction videos, I think is something that like, I should be ashamed of, but I'm not. Um, I really like reaction videos, um, but uh, no life sway or something? Like, dude... He's funny. He's hilarious. And uh, the uh, intro video actually was made by the dude who made the uh, Eminem. Oh, did you see that? So the I'm like bouncing subjects like faster than this is like a game of squash. I'm bouncing so fast. Um, no Life Shack. No Life Shack. Go check my dude out. No Life Shack. He's fucking great. Um, okay. But uh, the uh, so did you see the Godzilla video? The uh, Godzilla, the Eminem video that was animated by a fan and i did not oh dude you missed out it's great what happened was like there was a part in the video where there was Mm -hmm. just a room with heads mounted on the wall and the heads Mm -hmm. were all people that eminem has uh basically ended their careers or like won a beef with Mm -hmm. them so you had like fred durst you had uh both the members of the insane clown posse which i think isn't fair (laughs) icp still rules in my opinion but still you had um you had all those guys jar rule was on the wall um and uh but the thing is is that uh that that guy what happened was he made that video for godzilla and then um it went viral no life shack uh used the guy to do his intro for his channel which features Mm. him fucking jamming ja rule into a toilet which is i i love him just for that and then Uh. besides the fact he's talented and then and the new video that eminem just released was animated by the same guy okay so like this guy got to eminem by doing that and i'm like so proud of him because because uh, i remember watching when that shit first came out and like it's just like a dude he's like i stayed up 36 hours making this shit i'm so tired enjoy it and now <laughs> now he's like got a whole career out of it like you're seeing a lot of like reaction videos and stuff using him uh i'm gonna find him too and i'm gonna link his stuff in there as well um can i just say one small random small funny thing to me your podcast bro of course you can all right, so since we're on the subject of rappers, um, so did you know that Slick Rick was born in Britain? I did not, but I also know next to nothing about Slick Rick. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just like a small side thing that I just like I've, I've known for a bit, and I've always found funny. It doesn't take it from the fact that he grew up in fucking um in the Bronx, but I just found it fucking hilarious that it's like, oh, that's right. Slick Rick is, a, is actually, like, British-born. Also, the reason that he had the eye patch was because he actually, like, was blinded as a child because he had broken glass in his eye as an infant. But, Ooh, uh, that sucks. And also, um, oh, God, I can't remember what his name is, but Morrison, um, Return of the Mac, yeah, he's British as well. <laughs> Like actually grew born and bred and grit in Britain, but um anyway, <laughs> that was just entire ent- entire side note there. But yeah, you know that's you know why Slick Rick was born in Britain because fuck Ja Rule. Okay, I'm just saying. Anyway, I'm gonna get off that Ja Rule shit. Okay, um I'm making him more famous just by you know the the people who listen to us knowing his name. If you don't know his name, don't you know. The funniest part about this is that there's a good chance that there are people who are young enough to a point where it's just like, who the fuck are these two people that they're talking Probably about? Probably everybody we're talking about. talking about. Yeah. It's, but t- things are moving so fast. I mean, I'm like, I'm like sitting there like, should I make a Takashi 6ix9ine joke? And then I'm like, nobody probably even knows who he I, is anymore. He's like, f- no, no, no. People still know him because he's a, he's a snitch. <laughs> he became a, a snitch meme. <laughs> I actually really thought some of those Takashi memes were hilarious. It was like uh-huh. it was like something like, dude, like uh it had a picture of it, it was something like um uses 
uses margarine instead of butter in your dish. And it's got a picture of Takashi 6 9 <laughs> Dude, I fucking died. It's like snitching over the dumbest shit. Um, I, guys, snitch, if you're a snitch, like, look, if you can look in your soul and know that you're a snitch, please go do something about that, okay? Because snitches... You know, you know, okay, Ghost, let me, let me ask you a question, bro. Okay. Mm. I like, um, I like doing this thing where we talk a little bit more about like our personal lives, um, and stuff that happened in the past so people can kind of get to know us a little bit better. And by the way, I told Tatiana your story of the juice and the vents on the drive home uh, yesterday, (laughs) cause it's just awesome. Okay. But the worst (laughs) snitching you ever got. Now, while you're thinking about the worst snitching that anybody ever did on you, I'm going to tell you mine. All right. Here's what happened. Short story. I was a teenager. This is before the internet was really that big a deal. And like, um, and so like, uh, I was a teenager and like, I had a computer and stuff, but my parents had a computer, but I got banned for life because of uh, porn. I, I like, I, I liked and I like porn. And so I got banned for life. And to this day, mom still looks over my shoulder when I use her computer. I'm like, mom, I'm 33. I got five computers at home. I don't need your computer. Look, I got this iPad right here. It's got Pornhub saved in the bookmarks, okay? It doesn't really. I'm kidding. Um, But still, at the same time, I should, though. I mean, just efficiency. Anyway, (laughs) so what happens is... is, um, uh, But back then, you know, like, I didn't... Like, it was harder to come by porn, right? So, like, fucking... Mm -hmm. I had a stash, man. Like, I collected this stash, like, friends, like, backwood deals, you know, like, $5 or a pack of cigarettes or something for fucking, you know, a Playboy, and then, like, a Hustler, and then, like, you know, I had a few, I had a nice little stash going, I liked it a lot, and my little brother, man, he found out about that stash, now, see, here's the thing, man, like, for those of y'all who grew up with siblings, you know, it's a little bit odd with siblings, it's a little bit odd, because you grew up together, you know each other your entire lives, you know, but, like, I, I, think my theory is that a normal sibling what they'd probably do uh is steal my porn and use it for themselves right i mean that's that seems like what the a normal person would do i guess that's what i would do but fucking uh jeffrey didn't jeffrey fucking went straight to my mom <laughs> whole stack just like you know like when they like in the cartoons or whatever when they pull out the legal book you know like when somebody's about to go to court or something and it's like 20 feet tall and it's like <laughs> That's what my little brother does. Just walks up with my porn stash. This collection I've amassed over years. Just <laughs> straight up. Although, uh, I got the last laugh because my mom just was like, you know what? It's better than you putting viruses on my computer. So here, take it. Take it. Um, I don't want to think about it. My mom was like, seriously, when I was growing up, my mom was the coolest motherfucker in the world. She's still really cool, but she was like, um, she was like the coolest. Like, my mom didn't give a fuck. Well, let me rephrase that. She gave a fuck about the things that matter. She gave a fuck about me being an honest yeah. person, about me not, you know, being a thief or, you know, um, an assault person who assaults people or violent. You know, she cared about that stuff and not being an addict. She cared about she didn't want me to be an addict. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, when it came to stupid shit like that, my mom was chill as fuck. She's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't want to think about it. My little brother was crestfallen, by the way. He was waiting. He was waiting for the shit. He was waiting for, like, the fallout (laughs) because apparently having porn was, like, in my brother's mind, the worst thing you could possibly do. Speaking of him, I actually brought him up on the Discord the other day because I I, I I talked about him on there because he had – I had had gotten the the Christina Aguilera Rolling Stone issue with her naked Mm -hmm. on the cover and then, um, like, she's Mm -hmm. naked wrapped around a guitar. And I put it on my wall because I was a teenage boy. I mean, come on, guys. Mm -hmm. Um. Jeffrey went in there, took a pencil eraser, and erased out her eyes and cut off areas of her body. And I'm just like, you might need help, <laughs> bro. Like you <laughs> might need, you might have issues. What's wrong? What did Christina ever do to you? Look, I know Dirty wasn't that great a record, but still, like Jesus, she didn't, she didn't deserve to be done like that. Okay, uh, but anyway, that's like, that's like some serious fucking snitching that happened to me. Um, I got out of it okay, guys. I wasn't scarred for life. My porn collection, I got to keep. But the problem is, unfortunately, porn gets boring after a while. So I ended up, like, giving it away or something. Um, (laughs) Spreading the virus of porn throughout my neighborhood and distributing it to all the little boys and girls. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't know what happened to that porn, honestly. 
God, what happened to you? Anyway, what, what happened to you? When's, when did you get snitched on? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a time that it actually ended up falling on me actively, but the caveat with that is that more often than not, I was able to cor- properly and correctly lie my way back out of it. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm actively trying to think because generally speaking, um, no, because I managed to get out of that since I wasn't named in that instance. Um, so actually, we'll go with this one. Um, so. My anime club got snitched out on, um, by the anime club that I was a part of got snitched out on for being an after school fight club. Okay, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> there was a period of time where in which I was a part of an anime club back in like, um, back in high school. And we, um, we were in the, um, there was a recreation center that we had that the original anime club that started kind of just like fell apart because the original creator kind of had like, they were having some personal issues and this was back in high Yeah, they were fans of anime issues. to the point where they formed a club about it. Yeah. Sorry. And like, um, we were just kind of like, just kind of there. Um, hanging out that sort. <laughs> and um like after a period of time it just kind of like we just started like rinsing out the room because we started to have like a decent amount of members and then the members kind of like fell off because that person kind of took them with them to wherever else the fuck they ended up going to so it was like me and like a couple other people um we got bored one day there were some mats inside of one of the rooms that we were at and we were just kind of like okay well um some of the people that are there are fans of martial arts as well so we just ended up like having like small sparring contests the sparring contest ended up turning into like partial fight club that fight club ended up getting snitched out by one of the people who ended up losing who ended up like losing one of the matches by judge and they try they ended up casting the blame on one of the other people even though I was the one that ended up like signing out the rooms, getting the master proper and setting things up properly in order to make sure things would go smoothly and also that nobody would actually get hurt. <laughs> so most of the time, whenever something happened like that, I was able to get away without it because I was either right place, right time, or had such an aura of deniability around me that I was able to avoid it. <laughs> I definitely can't imagine you setting up an underground fight club in your school. I, I have a hard time picturing that. You're such a nice dude. Would you would you say that you're a good fighter? Would you say you kick ass and take names? Yeah. I I mean like I was like not like I'm not like particularly chunking out, but I was able to hold my own against like people who were about like a time and a half my size. My biggest issue was that my leg would go out because I had um because I had less amount of ACL and MCL in my legs than I do now. So um like I, I was able to, I was able to do some stuff, and I was able to get people into some uh, submission holds pretty decently. It's like had a small history in Greco-Roman, um, and like and sparred with some other friends in some other styles as well, but nothing like serious, no belting or anything like that. So, I, I can, I was, I was strong enough in order to be able to suplex a couple people. Nice. I, I've never, I've never been what what you would call a good fighter in my life. I. I've been in many fights. Like I used to be like I used to be like so um I was uh for those of you who don't know, I was a military child and so one part about being a military child is you move a lot. And so when you're different or when you're an outsider, people give you shit. And when I finally decided I had enough was actually when I lived in North Carolina. Coincidentally, I lived in Fayetteville and um I went to <clears throat> Oh God, Vietnam. Vietnam, yeah. I went to a school called Ann Chestnut and then later to Lewis Chapel. And um, what they were was uh, they were they were primarily uh, people of color there. Um, I was one of the very few white people there. And that by itself today, uh, it didn't bother me then because I wasn't like, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I, I was acutely aware of the fact, just as I'm sure um, a lot of times in the reverse situation, people are acutely aware of the fact. But um, 
I didn't really bother anybody, but what happened was they started bullying me. And the reason was because uh, not only was I a nerd, I was like the nerd spent my weekend with my nose in a book kind of guy. So I already had, was at a disadvantage. Um, and then a lot of like my peers and stuff like were like trying drugs and stuff like that. And I had no interest in that stuff whatsoever. And um, and then um, add being white to it in, a, in an affluent black neighborhood. Um, so like a lot of their parents had a lot of problems with white people, which um, I don't blame them for. It makes sense. Um, but they took it out on me. So I got to the point where, um, I had to learn how to defend myself and, but I took it to a level, I got suspended a lot. I got in a lot of trouble a lot, um, because I took it to a level that maybe was extreme. Like as soon as somebody smarter off to me, I would cold cock them. And then the problem was though, was all the, uh, whenever this happened, people made sure they had their crew with them. And so I, uh, spent more time getting stomped. You know, I, I, I learned to only really care about that first hit because there probably wasn't going to be anything after that. Um, <laughs> um, but <clears throat> so I, I, I can, if I have to, I can fight, but I hate it. I don't like fighting. I even took jujitsu for a little while and just sucked at it because like if it was somebody I liked or if it was like, a, I remember I did a match against a woman one time and um, I just didn't want to hurt her. You know what I mean? And she... I'm going to, whatever her name was, I'm going to tell you she hurt me. She fucking wrecked me. She kicked my ass. I feel sorry for the guy who tries to rape her, tries to hurt her, because she's going to fucking destroy them. She was a monster. Um, So uh, that's really cool. Much respect to my uh, my ladies in jiu-jitsu taking care of business and putting them guys in check. But um, the thing is, is that um, I, I honestly, so... My biggest flaw is like if I care about somebody, I can't strike them. I I like can't like I just can't bring myself to do it. There's been situations where I got close. There was a situation with Braylon one time that he utterly did not deserve. I was completely shit faced, and um, I know Braylon would have. I would. I know he would have. It would have turned out very ugly if I would have you know actually done anything. But um, the uh, the. But, like, I just, I, I can't. I can't if I care about you. And so, like, like, it's just one of those things. And so it puts me at a severe disadvantage, you know, in a fight. Even, like, with my little brother growing up, we'd fight. And, like, I would feel so terrible afterwards. I don't know, man. Some of us are just sensitive souls, and I'm one of them. And uh, I've, over time, grown to kind of accept that fact about myself and just avoid stuff like that. But I, I have had to come to terms with some stuff, like being with a mixed woman. Um, I've had to kind of come to terms with the fact that, like, I might one day be asked to step up and defend her. And um, I will. There's no question about that. I will. And I am a combat. I am a military trained. I can fight. So mm-hmm. just uh, guys, just do me a favor and make sure that you never give Tatiana any shit. Speaking of Tatiana, um, I mentioned on the Discord feed like yesterday or something. Uh, we uh, have seven years and five months as of yesterday of being together. I was going to say congratulations, you motherfucker! I don't know, I don't. You still don't know how you managed to do it, but you did it. <laughs> you know, I, I put on Twitter. I actually put like I don't know how I got so lucky. Tatiana read it, and she said, "Because you're cute." <laughs> I was like, okay, that works for me. This is good right as any, I guess. All right. <laughs> That's about the best we're going to be able to do. <laughs> Fucking wrap it up, guys. Just be cute, and then you'll have a successful relationship. Um, No, the uh, no, uh, honestly, the way it's worked is by hard, hard, hard work. Um, being uh, Being in a relationship, and especially being married, is hard. Um, it's not hard in the ways like maybe one would think like, you know, like it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like, I had a friend explain to me one time that it's like having a permanent sleepover with your best friend, um, which is really cool. But, um, it's like when things, cause like when you get with somebody, there's like a honeymoon phase and then things get real. And that's where a lot of relationships fall off is where she gets real. Um, and then like, um, it's when, um, you know, like a little bit down the line and like, you know, you're like real familiar with each other and like, you know, kind of like the sex and everything like that. And then, you know, you, um, 
and then people that's also where people start getting into the like their wandering eye like they're looking around um and i don't know i just i'm so fucking crazy about my wife that like i mean i've even had people ask me about like because the the beetle the like the beetle the beetle cult is full of very attractive women you know what i mean like it's there's a lot of very attractive women i've had people ask me about it like how do you deal with that and uh I told him the truth, and the truth is, is I don't deal with it because I don't care, because I don't pay attention to it. Okay. Um, there's only one woman on the planet that has my attention, and um, and that's also, I think, a real huge secret to our success is Tatiana doesn't worry about that shit. She doesn't worry about that shit yeah. at all. Um, and it's been seven years, and I still don't feel a seven-year itch, so that's nice, but maybe the seven-year itch is an average, and so it could go up or down, I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, I will say for all my friends out there that are, um, that are still looking to be in that situation with somebody, um, I, I will give you one piece of advice that I think is really useful advice to anybody out there who's looking for love. And that piece of advice is that make sure when you're ready for it, you're ready for it. Because the mistake that a lot of people make is they might meet the one, they might meet the person who will be an amazing wife or husband or whatever for the rest of their life. But at that point, they're not mature enough to accept it and understand it. And then so they go and they fuck around or they cheat or they do other stuff like that and they ruin it. And then they have to spend a very long time regretting it because hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, <laughs> my advice is to make sure that you when that person walks by and like when you meet that person and you're given that opportunity, my advice is to take it and be thankful for it because it's really easy two years down the line to be like oh well i've been with the same person and blah 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 and nah, nah, nah. and um it's really easy to do that but there's another way to do it too and that's that somebody loves you enough to stay with your dumb ass okay and if i can accomplish that then anybody can accomplish it because just trust me when tatiana met me i was very unlovable i was very overweight i was very depressed i was drinking basically every night I had a problem with drinking. I was sleeping around a lot. Uh, the state that she received me was not uh, was did not reflect very well on my character. And um, you know, through through her love and through her time and energy, I've become a much better human uh, and a much and a and a leader. You know, a leader in my own scene and a leader with my own people that sets the example. You know. The example is simple. Don't be racist. Don't be homophobe. Don't hit on young women just because they're fans. Don't cheat on your wife. You know, none of that stuff. I don't do any of that stuff. You know, I feel like there's a large number of um, internet personalities that uh, need to take that lesson to heart. Oh, boy. If the last couple of years have taught us anything. It's Ooh. it's really... It's, I, 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 I would be lying if I said that it's not something that that I there's a part of me that understands because mm -hmm. like a lot of people who are those like internet personalities are they're very shy in person and they would never like put themselves in that kind of scenario in person but through the internet they have a level of detachment from it and so like when you have you know uh, people hitting on you and stuff through the internet it's really easy to follow up on because like you don't have to you don't have to be slick in person. You know what I mean? I get that. Mm -hmm. I get that 100%. Um, I don't agree with it. And I think especially if you're in a committed relationship. Um, maybe I'm just old school, though. I don't know. But the um, I, I also think that there's an element of taking advantage of people in that. And um, because if somebody looks up to you, like, you have two choices. You can either exploit it or you can be worthy of them looking up to you. And um, in every situation, I always aim to be worthy of it. Always. You can go look at my texts. You can look at my DMs. You can look at everything I have. And all of it reflects that I want the people in our Discord, and our server, the people in my life, I want them all to be able to text me at any time with any question or any problem and not have to worry about me being a weird ass. Um, and that's a huge goal of mine and something that I uh, – I actually, I really, I do, I, I really work on. 
And there's even been cases where like a lot of our like a lot of our Beetle Cult members I like a lot. Like I just think they're wonderful humans. I love talking to them. And I, I, I realized that maybe it seemed like maybe I was acting like that, even though that really wasn't the intent. And I had I scaled it back. Like I'm just like, OK, uh-huh. you know, keep it professional. You know what I mean? I just I feel so lucky and blessed, you know, to have friends like I do, you know, and um, but I get I get how people can easily step over that line. Um, but at the same time, like. I also know that if I step over any lines intentionally or unintentionally, um, I have this beautiful woman in my apartment and later in my house, cause we're working on houses right now. Um, mm-hmm. I have her and I know I'd never be able to look her in the face. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I know that if I, if I, if I slipped into that pit and mm-hmm. I have no plans on it. So all my friends out there, guys and gals in the beetle cult and beyond, please feel free to hit me up at any time. I promise. I'm uh I'm 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 not that guy. I'm not that guy. But you're right, there are a lot of people out there like personalities and stuff that really take advantage of that. And I just I think it's disgusting. However, there are people like if you're single and stuff, like like for example, if you're a ghost body and uh, women are sliding up in your yeah, DMs. Here we go. <laughs> uh I think that's perfectly great. I think rock on, you know what I mean? Like have have a great time. And I've heard a few rumors I've heard a few rumors. Mm. All right, uh-huh. I, I get to say anything, not especially not in this public forum, but I heard some rumors. All right, I'm just saying, uh-huh. I'm just saying. All right, rock on, my dude. <laughs> so, we'll see. But uh, also, yeah. I got to say about this situation is, bitch, get in. <laughs> all right, uh. ghost. Oh my god, we're at 56 minutes, my dude. All right. Well, I guess uh, that would probably be time in order to go ahead and wrap things up in this case. So do you got any shout outs that you want to go ahead and do today? I want to give a shout out to DMX. Rest in power, my friend. I want to give a shout out to Ja Rule. I hope whatever bridge you're sleeping under tonight is especially cold. Um, I want to give a shout out to Paul Wall. May his career rest in peace. Um, I want to give a shout out to everybody in the Beetle Cult. Thank you so much for being amazing, and I look forward to uh, I look forward to all the new stuff that's going to be coming your way. By the way, we're starting to look into conventions again, so um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be out there, man. We're gonna be out there. It's gonna be fun. Um, <clears throat> so just a shout out, and then a shout out, of course, to Mister Ghostbody, twitch.tv slash Ghostbody, of course. Um, thank you for being my co-host. What's your shout-outs, my brother? Um, shout-out to COVID dose number two. Because I got that shit now, so we're good there. Um, also, uh, as a side note, it definitely does affect people in different ways. Because, for example, I know that a lot of people, it hit like a brick. And in my case, um, nothing. I got nothing. There's, there's nothing. I was confused. I was wondering if I had just gotten the dose one again. But, um... So there's that. Um, past that, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. <laughs> Sounds like a plan, ladies and gentlemen. Please join us again next time we get together when we talk about whatever we talk about. I have no idea. Pretty Maybe much. another rapper will die, <laughs> and we'll talk about them for the first third of the yeah. show. Hopefully not, though. I I really wish rappers yeah. would stop dying. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. It would be really cool if that just if that happened. Um, but uh, come hang out whenever that is. Hopefully soon. I'm gonna try to cut this tomorrow, so we'll see how it goes. Um, and guys, um, stay well, stay beautiful, perfect, and amazing, and have an amazing, amazing day. And we will see you on the next episode of Beetlecast. Last game. Catch you guys next time. Bitch, get in. <laughs> <laughs> what would I be without you? <laughs> bah, wow. Mike Jones. <laughs> hey, I just wasted 30 seconds of people's time. <laughs> All right, later, guys. 
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode of Beetlecast. Make sure to go to www.beetlemilk.com for more Beetlemilk goodness. Make sure to go to twitch.tv slash ghostbody for more ghostbody goodness. Make sure to check out Lorecast. That's lore-cast. Their wonderful Nick Johnson is the host, and I occasionally show up too. And make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it. But besides that, stay, uh, stay beautiful, perfect, and amazing for me. All right? And have a wonderful day. And I look forward to next time. Bye.